a Thursday, so basically the weekend um, edition of the Weekend Wire. It is Aro's birthday today, so birthday episode. Love it. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna do what one of the things that he likes best: discussing NBA. Um, and we're gonna start with the Kings, who have made some strides recently. Um, they started out the season getting pretty lit up on defense by some, honestly, some pretty good offensive teams, which made it seem like their defense was going to be horrible. They were actually on pace for the worst defense in the history of the NBA for a second there. But um, they've started to figure it out on that end, and definitely on the offensive end, they have um, they've been great at closing games, which is something that um, they were not known for this season or pre or last season, rather, in previous season. Especially with a young team, too. Yeah, a young team, not a lot of veterans, and that's still the case. Um, Harrison Barnes is probably the guy that you think of for a veteran presence on, on that team, and he's he's even, like, not – not. I think he's still on the, the – uh, the, right side of 30 so yeah he's 28 still so yeah so he yeah they don't really have um very many veteran players over there but um they've they've gotten the leadership of De'Aaron Fox um which has been really great to watch um he had a recent interview with Zach Lowe that I listened to um he sounded pretty confident in the team and its direction that was a couple days ago when that was recorded but um yeah Fox has been great um he's shooting he was shooting 61.5 percent on step back threes that was as of monday i'm sure that percentage has gone down a little bit but um that's absurd that was the number um and he's been able to do that he's been able to be someone who could use his speed (laughs) sorry uh use his speed um very well to create offense that's always been a talent of his um and also has been someone who's um been able to work very well with uh tyrese halliburton um who we loved um if you want to listen to you especially loved before the season yeah i I raved about him quite a bit in that episode um he's he's shown a, a feel for the game that is pretty uncommon for a rookie i'd say and they while they sort of play the same position him and fox um they're kind of taking turns handling the ball, which has allowed Fox to really work off ball in the first time in his career. And he can use the speed to do cuts and stuff like that. Um, and I'm sure that's going to be coming soon. But um, yeah, I think both of them are like comfortable off the ball too. So it, yeah, it really, yeah. Halliburton's pretty, pretty much can do anything. He's, he's yeah. he, off, off the catch. He can, he can drive, he can pass. And then um, he's a good, he's 40% three-point shooter already um and fox has made a lot of strides shooting wise too and the kings put out this lineup of you know buddy um buddy at the three uh with the fox halliburton backcourt harrison barnes at the four and then Rashawn holmes at the five that's that's a lot of shooting um and we're really, rebounding from home yeah, so. athletic <laughs> athleticism Rashawn holmes has that little push shot that he does that is kind of become like a his patented move that seems to always work and um the the main thing to come out of this is that they they're not having to choose between fox and halliburton which was kind of a discussion that people were having at the beginning of the year where um those two were sort of thought of thought of as redundant um there was also a lot of buddy healed trade rumors last season um once they got rid of bogdanovich uh to the to atlanta that sort of 
died down, but he's he's been someone who's amazing shooter. Barnes is still solid too. Um, Barnes is someone yeah. who, you know, got got a lot of hate for being the weak link in uh, Golden State in, in those those 2015 2016 runs before they replaced him with KD, and he's he's someone who stayed steady. I, I know we probably made fun of his contract uh, four years for. Four years, eighty-eight. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. Like his contract, I think, got him a little bit more hate than, than he probably deserved because he's a really solid player. He's yeah. a really solid player, and, and role players are making that kind of money now. Um, so maybe it yeah, wasn't now, so far fetched. Yeah, it's become <laughs> become um, like suitable, probably a positive value contract at this point. Um, yeah, and Fox. Fox is someone who got the max, um, and he was he was in a group of five players that got the max. I think it was uh, it was. Recently, it was um, Donovan Mitchell, Tatum, Bam, um, Fox, and there was one more. It could, it might have been Jamal Murray or the young guys. Yeah, it was all after the bubble. There was a group of there's a group that got max extensions. Um, it could have been Tatum. I don't know if I mentioned. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned Tatum. I think it was just those four that you mentioned. Well, Fox was yeah. in that group, and he was he was certainly thought – like Bleacher Report did a graphic, and he was certainly thought of as like the weak link in that group. Um, but he's he's shown that he's sort of on the level of those other guys, and um, he's deserving the contract. He's he's shown good leadership in Sacramento, and this is a team that they're you know they're 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 having in their division. Um, everyone's above five hundred right now, so that's probably the having, best division in basketball right now. Yeah, the, the Pacific. Um, they're having to win a lot of games. They're three and zero against the Nuggets, which is huge. Yeah, that's Just, what I was gonna mention. Like three wins against the Nuggets is yeah huge. Um, despite the the most recently um, the most recent win of theirs against the Nuggets came on Saturday when Jokic nearly had a triple double with fifty points. Um, and they really picked on uh, Michael Porter Jr. in that game, who was a minus twenty. And this this is I mean that's that goes back to Denver's problems. We talked about it with Cameron. Um, so you can track back to that episode if you want, but. Um, they just don't have those guys who can really defend wings at a high level. Um, Gary Harris is not not quite the answer there. Although he was out in this game, and so is Jamal Murray. But they've had they've had they've had games against the Kings. Their previous well, the first two games, two games, I think everybody played. Yeah, the first two games they're pretty much at full strength. They're very close to it, um, and that's the reality of this season. A lot of times, you're just not gonna you're gonna be missing one or two guys. So. And, and then plus the Kings. Oh, I will say that around that Denver win, they had wins against the Celtics and then the Clippers right after the Denver game. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hey, yeah, that's they, a very, very good strike. They beat the Celtics in a close one. I remember watching that game, and then the, the Clippers was the next day, so after the after the Denver um, win. Uh, they had one four straight before losing to the Sixers, who you know could be the best team in the league. So um, a lot of good signs um, there for the Kings. They are – a little bit out of the playoff picture right now, but the West is extremely competitive, extremely tight as always, um, more so in their division. But they have played. It's what's the good news for Kings fans is that it does seem like they have played a pretty hard schedule so far. Um, they have they have played, especially in the beginning of that season against those elite offensive teams. You've already gotten all your Denver games out of the way at least. Um, yeah, so I think they've played the Clippers already three times as well. So yeah, that's all out of the way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they could, they could be a surprise, um, to need to sneak into the playoffs here. They're very entertaining. Um, they basically turn everything into a fast break if they can, since they have so many athletes on the floor who are just 
that, that's the advantage, I guess, of not having too many veterans, just being able to run, run, run. So, um, yeah, this, this, is a, this is a team that I don't think has made the playoffs since 2004. Has it been that long? It, it's 2004. Uh, you're, you're probably right. Yeah, 2005 might be the last year. Yeah, because the Wolves had playoffs. the Wolves had that streak until they made it. Um, yeah, with the Jimmy the Rockets in the first round, but yeah, I think it was 2017 yeah, the, or 2018. Yeah, but I think the Kings yeah. now have the longest active streak. So yeah, I think um, you're right. Yep. So yeah, it, it'll be really exciting for their fans if they can get back there. So um, another team, sort of in the that sort of above one game above below 500 area in the West is the Rockets um, who we were talking a lot about in the early season because of James Harden situation. Um, Harden is now long gone, um, got traded to the Nets about exactly a month ago. Um, And the Rockets have turned into this elite defensive team who um, they were, the, these numbers are probably from a couple days back, but they, they, at one point they did have the number one defense in the league since the Harden trade. Right now they're definitely in the top five, I, I would think, since they were second when I wrote this down. But um, for, the, for the entire season, I mean, um, they, yeah. have, they have Deshaun, Jay Sean Tate, who is an underrated uh, defender, 3 and D guy, um, and sort of uh, good help defender who can have a bunch of blocks. Sort of in that Covington mold on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Eric Gordon has really locked in on that end, and he's he's been able to be like a secondary creator for them, which is not something he got a chance to do um, with Harden. Um, and and we we saw we saw flashes of that sometimes against especially against Golden State when he would just sort of put his head down and get to the rim, but he's doing that a lot more now. Um, and Wall has been pretty good i think better than most people expected he certainly did better than westbrook um which yeah. which was a big debate um about that trade and he's wall speed is there um he's he's able to his shooting is a little better than i think um what was expected of him and he, he he's able to um run that offense efficiently like like he did in washington so yeah um, um. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and this is, I think, a name that you had uh, down the list as well. Uh, David Nawaba has done really well. Um, he's a plus 10.4 right now for them. Uh, he, he's played some, I guess, like crucial minutes for that team as well. And I know you had a little bit more on him. Um, th- I think I talked him up. I talked him up on an <laughs> earlier episode, I think, but I don't really Before know. Before the Harden trade, I think? Yeah, it was either yeah. that or like I, like I was talking about him when they signed him like last year yeah. before the bubble, but he's he's someone if you were just like to isolate like his clips um, of like on ball defense is like kind of like Lou Dort where you just like look at all the stuff that he's doing to disrupt mm-hmm. shots and disrupt dribbles. Um, he, he's a really um, high energy defender and someone who's who helps them a lot on that end for sure. Not not quite in the you know Marcus Smart type mold but he's 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 been he's been really good for them on defense um the the one the one um thing for houston that's been troubling is pj tucker who has 31 points in his last 10 games combined and seems to have totally checked out we've we've touched on this a couple times um, in recent weeks but um just him him wanting to go to a contender there's been not a lot of talk about it honestly less less than you would think 
Um, I haven't seen any interest. Yeah. Like, any outright interest. Yeah. yeah, there was like kind of rumors before, like when the Harden stuff was going down, but recently um, there hasn't been much. And I think the tra- the trade deadline is going to be around March seventh. Is what yeah, is what I think I saw um, sometime in early March and. Maybe the rumors will heat up for him, but he, he's someone that is definitely looking to get out of there um, and go to a contender. So whether that could be Brooklyn, whether that could be um, Los Angeles Clippers, maybe um, there's there's a couple spots where we would like to see him. So, yeah. but the Rockets, uh, the Rockets are still chugging along. They're they're basically about as good as they were with Harden record wise, and um, they have Old Depot, who you know may not be in their long term plans, but he's someone that. I think they may be able to sell him on um, what they have going down there in Houston. And it's, it, I mean, if you're, if you're their coach, Steven Silas, you have to be pleased because he was brought into a really tough situation with right when he gets there, Harden's like, you know, doing what Harden did and completely yeah. ignoring guidelines and doing all the stuff, just not being there. Um, so it was, it was really tough for him at first. And now I'm sure he's relieved to get that monkey off his back and see his team still succeeding. Um, big yeah. game against the Heat tonight. But um, yeah. I will say, um, so the trade deadline is, is the 25th of March. Okay. Um, so that gives them – you might see a little bit more talk in about a month, I guess. Um, so there's no real rush on it, um, I, I think, from either side, I guess. Uh, but, I don't know, Houston maybe maybe slowly – putting him out of the rotation if he continues to play like this. Yeah, and, and you know, part of it might be that he was pretty much perfectly suited for the way Harden was, like, playing when and yeah. he was just able to be in the corner and he sort of perfected that shot. Like, if you're P.J. Tucker, you're thinking, like, for the last four years, I was the dude who was basically exclusively taking corner threes on offense and getting off. Well, he was perfect for that system. Yeah, yeah. And, and now he's – once, once you've kind of molded yourself into being just really good at those two things, it's going to be hard for you to adjust. So maybe that is just what maybe that's just what we're seeing. But it does it does look like he doesn't want to be there. Is the other part of it. So. Uh, and a team that's struggling around five hundred is going to need you to do more things than just sit in the corner and shoot. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think they're both better off. Houston's better off without him. Um. I think PJ Tucker can can be impactful still. Um. You know, on a contending team, but uh, he just needs the right situation. All right. Um. Sort of continuing the theme of these middle of the pack West teams, where it seems like everybody's in the middle of the pack of the West, besides yeah. <laughs> besides maybe the big Lakers. Club. Clippers, Jazz, and your sons potentially. We're trying to get there. We're trying to bridge that gap. Little, I mean, fourteen and ten, they're a little bit above. Fifteen and nine, though. Fifteen and nine. Fifteen and nine. Okay, yeah. 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 Um, so they're a little bit above the rest of the pack there. Um, but the Blazers are not. They're stuck in that that sort of slog. Um, they've had a lot of injuries to McCollum, Nurkic. I think are still both out. Um, yes, Nurkic definitely is. I think. Yeah, McCollum should be back pretty soon, but Nurkic, Nurkic's injury is more um, serious. Um, they've they've been able to to keep. They've been able to not fall, not not bottom out um, quite yet. And Dame has shown a lot, um, especially passing. I feel like his playmaking has been a lot a lot better this year. Um, they they are getting blown out sometimes. Um, Nasir Little 
um, had 30 points in their game against the Bucks. So he's someone who is a bright spot, bright spot for them. Um, I think he had some flashes last year as well. So yeah, they, they still have Simons, who was a guy who they were really excited about, um, and Gary Trent Jr., who you'll remember from the bubble. I think we talked we talked about him ad nauseum with his his 60 percent three point shooting <laughs> that was going on for a while. Um, yeah, this is a team that if when they get their guys back, they'll be dangerous again. Um, and they're playing Philly tonight, um, but yeah, they, they've. I think it's. I think it's somewhat impressive that they've been able to stay um, somewhat relevant here and not not fall. Yeah, and I think the key for them at this point, sort of like it was last season, is just kind of stay close enough to that nine ten seed until you get some of these guys back. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna have to win some games towards the end. Uh, Dave has shown that he can do that, um, so I, I don't think they're overly worried about the situation. But uh, you'd probably rather not have to play one of like Utah or the Lakers first round. Yeah. Um, so that that becomes a worry. Yeah. Well, if if you're one of these other teams in that play in range, and you're you figure out you're facing the game, it's. It's kind of the equivalent to figure out you're facing the Warriors with Curry. You're gonna be you're gonna be scared. So yeah, um, I think I think they know that, um, and they they made they beat the Grizzlies for the play-in last year, and um, they know that they could be a dangerous team when they heat up. So um, yeah, I, I would agree that 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 staying close sort of thing where they know that they can make a run if they need to when when they have all the guys back, they'll be better. Um, Switching to the Grizzlies, the team that they beat in the play-in in the bubble, um, hadn't played a lot of games, had a lot of games canceled. Um, Jaw was looking really good at the start of the year. He's kind of regressed, but um, yeah, this is this is a tough team. They were they blew out the Hornets last night, um, which I think was pretty unexpected, given like they're they're not really a team that that usually does blow teams out. Um, yeah, Valanciunas has been putting up some big numbers. Brandon Clark has been good for them. Jaron Jackson Jr., steady as always, his game with Ja, um, pick and pop. Dylan Brooks has, like, go-off potential on any night. Yeah, Dylan Brooks has go-off potential, um, but he he is someone who can also get very cold and kind of jack threes. Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen's bad on defense, but is a great floor spacer for them. Desmond Bain has been someone who they really liked out of the draft. Um, he he was sort of in that – that um, we might have talked about him in our draft episode, but he was he was a 3-and-D guy from U, from TCU that was pretty uh, pretty loved by certain people, and he, he's been really good for them. Yep. Um, he's leading them in, uh, like, differential right now. He's plus 13.6. Um, so obviously making an impact, um, he's getting minutes. So yeah, uh, which I, I guess kind of surprised me a little bit that he's getting this many minutes. Yeah, I mean, you think about it; they don't have many too. They don't have too many good wings, and if if you would think he would get the the Grayson Allen minutes because he's he can yeah. do what he does on offense and has the defense too. Um, but th- this is a team that will only go as far as Ja will take them. They, re- they really don't have anyone who else who is going to step up otherwise. Unless ja, JJJ. Yeah, unless JJJ. But I don't really see JJJ as like like taking over a game, like yeah. on offense. I-, I think that Ja 
John can use his athleticism um, and playmaking to do that. And, and we we saw we saw something really encouraging to come out of the Grizzlies last year was was in that play-in game versus the Blazers, where Jaw Jaw looked really good and had at that point was his career high. I think he was hitting threes for really the first time um, in that game. Like that yeah. game was like really the first time we saw him like hitting threes and it looked comfortable. Uh, yeah, yeah, it looked comfortable getting to the line. And they almost came out of that with a win. So. Um, they're smart. They have a smart staff, smart coach, and Taylor Jenkins. Um, and yeah, well, like their schedule needs to um, round out a little bit more, so we can have some a bigger sample size on that. But they they've looked they've looked like they belong in that um, Western Conference, you know, five through really thirteen right now um, group. So. Um, now the Spurs, who I've watched a good amount of this of the season, we talked about them a little bit on an earlier episode, um, and they've they've been they've been great. Your boy Dejounte Murray has been love him uh, has been really good for them. He he was he was I think he had a nearly a triple double in that Warriors game. Um, that then the one where they at the end of the game Draymond shot the three, yeah, the foul. Um, yeah, he was great in that game. Yeah, they have a lot of guys. Uh, Devin Vassell out of the draft who we liked. Uh, Kelvin Johnson who um, Vassell has been incredible. Yeah, Vassell's been really good. Um, yeah. Which yeah, not like we said he would be or anything. But, yeah, yeah. Um, Aldridge. Um, Interesting thing here, when he starts, they usually get killed in these first quarters because he's that bad on defense because they they run they run this drop coverage with him and on pick and rolls and just because he can't move. Work. Yeah, they, they can't really. Yeah, exactly. You can't really move. <laughs> when they do with Pirtle, he's a lot better. Um, he makes them about 16 points per 100 possessions better on defense than Aldridge does, which is a huge, huge gap. Um, and now Aldridge is injured, so maybe Popovich will realize that Pirtle needs to start and start phasing Aldridge out, maybe looking for trade value, because DeRozan has actually been pretty good. Um, and there was, there was a lot of talk last year about them trading both of those guys, but DeRozan, ever since the bubble, he's been playing bigger, um, I think, like in the three and four spot and is able to like get to the rim and score pretty he likes working in the post anyways, so especially with the guys that they have now, um, where you're essentially running like three guards with Kelvin Johnson, uh, Vassell, and DeShante Murray, like I, I think they're all essentially guards. Um, you can kind of run throws a little bit lower. Um, defensively, it's not maybe the best, but um, offensively, I mean, some of the especially close games, end of fourth quarter situations, DeRozan has just been like massive for them because I don't think they have anybody else that can take those shots and make those shots. Yeah. Uh, DeRo- yeah. DeRozan is someone who picks, he picks and chooses. He gets to his spots. Um, not really someone who we've seen shoot a lot of threes. His playmaking has been a lot better ever since he got to San Antonio. Um, that's something that we really saw take a leap last year, like numbers wise. And yeah, they just they just have a lot of uh, like po- good defenders, and smart players, which is pretty typical of the Spurs. But they're they're right there, um, standing pat. They can they can take out good teams. We've seen we've seen them play the Lakers really close a couple times. Clippers too. They beat the Clippers um, earlier earlier this season. Um, and they're not they're a tough draw. Um, 
and they're a tough yeah they're a tough opponent so um be on lookout for them because they've been pretty underrated this year and um not not getting like pretty much any national tv games at all really um, well i don't think anybody expected them to to make or even challenge for a playing game right i think this was like kind of a tank year almost yeah I, I, <laughs> yeah i mean people thought people thought the rockets would be better uh with harden um and maybe dallas dallas for sure who <laughs> yeah if Dallas continues to struggle, we can roast them for like another for like an entire forty-five minutes next week. Uh, but um, we 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 have discussed them a little bit already, and um, yeah, I think I think the Spurs were not expected to be this good, but that's that's sort of what they've been doing for you know the better half of twenty years. So um, that's that's pretty typical of them. But uh, now for our leader, the West, the Utah Jazz, who. I believe are twenty and five now, or maybe twenty one and five. 20, 20 and five, yeah. Twenty and five. Okay, twenty and five after beating the Celtics on um, Tuesday or Monday. I think it was Tuesday. Um, they they have a brutal stretch ahead. Their schedule, um, and it's not not to say that they were playing bad teams up to up until this point, but um, this this stretch that's upcoming for them. That really started with that Celtics game is gonna is gonna prove um, if they belong with the Lakers at the top of the West because tomorrow they've got the um, tomorrow they've got the Bucks after that they've got the Heat um, I'm pulling up the schedule right now but okay yeah here we go um, and then they've got the Sixers Clippers and then Clippers again before the Hornets. Um, so those, those are a lot of good contending teams. Um, got the Lakers in about two weeks. So they're going to, they're going to play a lot of these teams that we've sort of been waiting for them to play just to see how they match up. Um, in theory, they have a good matchup with the Clippers just because um, um, Mitchell is someone who uh, has torched Paul George before. And I think Kawhi is, is sort of better at, um, defending bigger wings than he is at smaller guys than Mitchell. And Mitchell's, I think, a little bit a step quicker than both those guys. Yeah, yeah. They have they have the shooting, um, which, which we've talked about so many times. But, um, yeah, I think I think they match up with the, the Clippers better than they do the Lakers just because um, they don't have – they wouldn't have an answer for LeBron, potentially. So, and, and you could argue, yeah, they don't have an answer for Kawhi. But um, I think the, the rib protection stuff – goes a long way with Gobert and and Conley is someone that the Clippers I think would have trouble defending too with with their lack of point guards which um is something that you were that you were thinking about last night I think yeah well there there was a a post I think a video of uh I don't even know who was playing at the guard I I think it was Reggie Jackson yeah it was Reggie Jackson yeah that was bringing the ball up and uh Kawhi like had to like do a hand motion and gesture him into like the right part of the court, um, yeah, which is not good. Yeah, like in the middle of the play, he's trying to post his guy up in the high post while like motioning for like where his guard needs to go, and that's just not good. Um, they need a point guard really bad. Um, they can't have Kawhi just bring the ball up all the time. Um, it, it is something that I mean, especially when you look at a matchup against the Jazz, I think that's going to hurt you a lot um they have the wing defenders to be able to kind of slow Kawhi down a little bit 
um, and he's not the best playmaker anyways. So, like, against, honestly, a lot of these top, top teams in the West, like, that is just not – it's not going to work. Yeah, and this is – it's a position that they've struggled with uh, pretty much ever since Chris Ball left. Uh, they had they had SGA at that spot for a while there. It was looking good, but that came as part of the – that came apart with the Paul George trade, um, and they never really addressed the position since then. Yeah, it's kind of ignored it. That's the weird thing. Yeah, they were looking at signing Rondo, but even that wouldn't have really fixed it. Um, Rondo's not at that point in his career, um, and Reggie Jackson is not someone who's that capable. Uh, I think he's shown with the Clippers. Um, Beverly is not a playmaker. He's really just a defense and like kind of shooting, I guess. Um, so very kind of yeah. And Kawhi is and Kawhi is not someone who wants to be playmaking. Kawhi is someone who who needs to be like like catch and shoot and um, taking over at the end of games. If, if he's, if he's playmaking, I think that's too much of a burden for him. And Paul George is definitely not that guy either. So um, yeah, it, it, it shouldn't be this hard for them to, to find somebody. Um, yeah. You would think. Yeah. You would think that they would be able to, I mean, maybe, maybe they, I, I think, I think it would be awesome if they, if they traded Lou Williams and got someone, but um, yeah. I've seen a lot of Lowry rumors with them. I don't think that that really there's really a path for that. Just I don't think the Raptors Lowry might be a it. stretch. Yeah, yeah. I don't think the Raptors would do it, and maybe Rozier was a guy that you mentioned. Who? Rozier. Yeah, I, I think I think Rozier like I think that has some potential. If yeah. the Hornets just kind of want to like unlock Lamelo Ball and like let him sort of like run, take yeah, take over completely. And get um, Lou Williams back. I think that would make some sense, and the contracts the contracts would need would need some work because um, Rozier makes makes a little bit more than Lou does. Yeah. But um, yeah, I could see I could see that potentially. I don't really know if that solves the issue, but um, yeah, I could see that. You know, it would be really helpful if they had if they had like a Dennis Schroeder like the Lakers do, but the Lakers yeah. sort of have kept this embarrassment of riches here, so. Um, yeah, there's, there's not really that too many guys on the market when you think about it, that they could actually get via a trade. Um, so yeah, I think, I think you, you have to start looking and start taking calls from pretty much everywhere around the league. Um, I think, I think a very, very short term solution could be Rubio, although that is I don't, very short term. Yeah. That's, that's one super short term and yeah. What's your defense is going to be a liability there. So I, it kind of like their floor spacing is already a struggle as it is too. So I don't know if it really helps with that. Yeah, I think that's risky. So there's not a lot of answers there. Kendrick uh, Nunn was the other guy that I was like maybe thinking, but like I don't know if the Heat want to give him up. I like the Heat would do it. I don't. Yeah. Um. Like they wouldn't do it for Lou Williams. I think. Right? Like. Yeah, the, no, the Heat, the Heat don't want to add like negative defenders. I feel like yeah. unless they're like young developing players. So, yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm sort of like racking my brain here for someone that the Clippers could could like realistically target. I think that when Lonzo was on the block, um, maybe not for Lou Williams. I think that could that was a possibility. But Lonzo's taken a lot of steps forward in the shooting so far. So. I, I think, I think that's probably off the table at this point, and um, yeah. I'm not even sure if the Pelicans would would have done that in the first place, even not with for Lou Williams. I like, yeah, I, I also don't know who the Clippers would give up. 
because they don't have a ton of guys that I look at and I'm like, yeah, like that's a like a good trade commodity. Yeah, I I don't think they're gonna trade Zubats. Um, I don't think yeah. they would trade Ibaka. No way. And after that, you're kind of in the Paul George territory. They're not that deep of a team anymore. So um, yeah, I mean, it's guys like Reggie Jackson, Lou Will. I don't think they even give up Kennard. So, yeah, no, I don't think so either. I think if you yeah. signed Kennard to that contract, you're not gonna give him up. Maybe Morris yeah. if you're if you get desperate. Um, but that's that's like, that's like for like a Lowry type deal. Yeah, that's someone that they put a lot of stock into. And I don't think Toronto would do it for Morris either. Um, I think I think maybe I think before the Knicks tr- got Derrick Rose, um, <laughs> that could have been a possibility. I think George Hill could still be something. Um, but again, finding a package there could be could be difficult. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I'm still I'm still I'm still Terry Rozier. I'm still on that train. Um, I think I think that makes the most sense for both teams. And I think I think MJ like <laughs> trading Lou trading for Lou Williams is like a pretty MJ move. I think. Just, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, trading for like a like a Lou like someone who's like probably. At the worst value that he's been at, like yes. in his whole career, I think that's like an MJ move. So, yeah, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in the Rozier train for the Clippers. But anyway, um, gambling corner, or actually, actually, we can we can we can finish with the Jazz. Um, so, the thing with the Jazz, if they can if they can get through this this schedule and you know finish with positive record, I would say because that that is how hard it is. If they can get the one seed. That means you're avoiding the Lakers and Clippers in the second round, unless the unless one of those two drops to the four seed. So, presumably, you're playing the Nuggets in round two, who we've seen that they can beat, um, and we want to see that series again. So that's the I'm rooting for them to get the one seed. So maybe our Western Conference Finals prayers are answered with them, yeah. and so we can see that Nuggets series potentially. So uh, I'll be excited to see that. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to see that rematch, and I think that's probably the best chance they have of getting through to the conference finals. Yeah. Um, and then at that point, I mean, like, all bets are off, uh, I think. Like, it's in a seven-game series, I, I don't know. Even if it's the Lakers, I don't know if I would feel super comfortable picking the Lakers over the, the Jazz because, you know, like, they get hot a couple games, Mitchell takes over another one, and then you're just going to need to find one more win. So, I, yeah. I don't know. Scary. Yeah, it, it's a, it's not yeah it's a pretty simple equation. Fine, yeah, you just got to get to four wins, and, and uh, we saw it in the bubble in like a confined space like that. Like you can get you can get to four wins in a bunch of different ways. So um, uh, this is, I think I think the Celtics Raptors series was a pretty good embodiment of that. Just just Marcus Smart being like really hot in two of those games, and um, that, that's all they really needed to decide that series. So, yeah. all right, time for Gambling Corner. I had 27, you. 27 different bets since the last time we did the episode. 27, and I went 13 and 14. Last night, before last night, I was 12 and 10. Last night, I did not do well. But I'm going to recap them very, very quickly, I promise, and then I will tell you what I have going tonight. Um, so Nets Clippers game, um, the one that was insane. That was probably the game of the year. I had Harden over fifteen. I mean, sixteen and a half rebounds and assists, and Joe Harris over two point five threes made both those hit. 
um, good start. Then I had Eric Gordon over 22.5 points plus rebounds plus assists versus the Thunder. I put 25 bucks on that. That one hit in the early third quarter. Um, I took the Suns over the Pelicans, and the Suns, blew, the Suns got blown out. So um, that was – yeah, that's like a hedge for me. Um, and then, and then I let, later that night, I took the Kings on over the Celtics on a live bet, which hit for me. We we mentioned that game um, in the early minutes of this podcast. Um, next night, I did. I took the Mavericks over the Warriors. They got killed. That was the Kelly Oubre forty-two point game, um, which I still have no explanation for. But I think it's my fault for betting the Nuggets. Um, later that night, Mavericks. Yeah, I took the, or yeah, the Mavericks. I took the took the Mavericks. I mean, the Lakers over the Nuggets minus four and a half, and they killed the Nuggets. So I was happy about that. Next day was zero and three day for me. Um, this was on a Friday. I took the Pacers minus one one and a half over the Pelicans, and they lost by one. Then I took Kyrie over thirty five and a half points, rebounds plus assists. Um, which didn't hit. This was the weirdest game. I watched this entire game. Um, he just wasn't getting the ball. When the Nets play, they don't, they don't, they let Harden bring the ball up at all times. And Kyrie's just not very involved. He, he didn't hit a three in this entire game. They were doubling him when Harden wasn't in the game. Like they were doubling him when he crossed half court, which is like <laughs> a Harden and Curry, like exclusive almost. Yeah. This game was his season low in points. So I got screwed there. Um, and he had he had so so many hockey assists where they would swing it to the corner like he would be at the top and they would make the extra pass. Yeah, um, so many of those that was really frustrating. What was also frustrating is I uh, had Nets minus four as well in the same game, and this was the game where KD um, he started the game and they took him out or no they, like, they took him out for COVID and he yes. went back in but he ended up like. And then he left again. So he ended up like playing half of like what his minutes were supposed to be. That was some BS too. Yeah, so I didn't get that one. <laughs> um, then Tyrese Halliburton came up big um, next day versus the Nuggets. Um, over twenty one point five points, rebounds, assists. That was twenty. That was twenty bucks on that. Next day, I got screwed. Hornets team total over one hundred nineteen and a half. Um, I had it. it it got to 19. This I'm going to read off how many points they scored in each quarter. 34, 35, 33, 17 in the fourth. So that was the loss of 20 bucks there. That was that was probably my most brutal beat of the entire week. Um, that really sucked. <sighs> Next day, I stayed with the Hornets, took them over the Rockets money line. That hit pretty easily. Draymond over 16 rebounds and assists versus the Spurs. Hit early in the third quarter. Patrick Williams... Over 21 and a half points, rebounds, and assists versus Wizards did not hit. That's Neither a bold did, one. Yeah, that was a bold one. Neither did Cavs Suns under two, 215 and a half to the best. That's a good bet, though. Like, yeah, they, they yeah. were two defensive teams. Then they come yeah. out. Like, I think one of the teams at like 35 in the first quarter. I was like, oh, fuck. Um, so. My night was saved by the Thunder tease to plus 14 and a half versus the Lakers and Mavs Wolves um, over tease down to 225 and a half. Both of those hit very easily. So that was that was someone that I was that that one I was looking at all day. Um, this this is Tuesday night. Um, Jeremy Grant over 21 and a half points versus the Nets that hit in the early third quarter. That's always Harden, a good bet. 
Yeah, Harden. Yeah, bet, betting player props against the Nets for big men, I think is. Yeah. I think is. And, and like Grant, especially like yeah, because he gets all the shots. Yeah, yeah. Harden over seventeen and a half assists plus rebounds that hit in the fourth quarter in that game. I took Jimmy Butler over twelve and a half assists and rebounds um, that that barely hit in the fourth quarter against the Knicks. I also I had Eric Gordon again, but this time I had five and a half assists and rebounds over with wall assists over six and a half. Both of those did not hit in the Pelicans game. And last night um, was my one and three night. I had Raptors minus five or the Wizards, which was really easy. Then I had Hornets plus four. They got killed by the Grizzlies. Um, Van Vliet over 21 and a half points versus the Wizards. I think he ended up like 16 or 17. Pelicans minus two and a half. They went up against a historic shooting performance by the Bulls. So that was very unlucky. I That's think. brutal. They, yeah. yeah, they hit 25 threes. Kobe White and Levine had 17 of them. So that yeah. was brutal. Um, and then I had the over the Nets Pacers game. And the Nets come out and they score like 30 points in the first half. So, I mean, the Pacers. So okay, the Nets yeah. played defense the one time I wanted them not to. So, yeah. against um, Indiana yeah. of all teams, too. Yeah. Yeah. Indiana, a team that you think you would think with Sabonis and Turner could hurt them, but no. Yep. Um, all right. So whew, that's, that's the recap. That is a massive week for you. I have stayed away. So I am Probably completely so. clean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying not to lose more money right now. So. Well, here's what I have tonight. Um, I have, I'm riding Indiana again. Them minus two and a half over the Pistons. Okay. And, and I have I have Detroit plus one in the first quarter. I got that pick um, off of Twitter, so take it for what you will. I also got this pick off Twitter. Um, Golden State versus Orlando over 55 for the first quarter. Um, first quarter? First quarter over 55 combined. That seems low. It does seem a little low. So yeah. okay, I, I like, like that. I like that number. And I had, I had Philly minus five and a half over uh, Portland tonight. So there you have it. All right. I like those. Yeah, well, the Pistons, Indiana one, I'm a little bit unsure about, but I like that. the I like the spread for that one. The quarter one, I'm just like, I don't know. I'm, yeah, the quarter one seems a little bit. Uh... It's weird. I I, <laughs> I I I don't know. I trust I trust the guy sometimes. So okay. Good stuff. Uh, Are you gonna out your source or not? Big Delivery Sports is the source. Delivery Sports. But he's not as good as I thought he was. Um, (laughs) Yeah, room for improvement. But (laughs) anyway, yeah, I think that's all we have for today. Um, The Heat have won three in a row, so that's good. Come back. Yeah, that is a positive sign. And they were right in the mix still. So hopefully – Hopefully the the Mavericks continue to struggle and we can make fun of them with Drew. Um, yeah, we will hopefully have Drew on next week. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay. We're done. Um, see you all next week.